Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Oh, Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast. On a Monday, we are fresh off USC Spring Showcase, called the Spring Game. Over the weekend in the Coliseum, we had the media there, we had fans there, players drafting teams, an actual game with quarters. We're going to talk about all of that with the coach, Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, or go to his website, harveyhyde.com, to check out all of his content. If you have any questions or comments for us here on the show, we always love to hear from you. Podcast at uscfootball.com is the email address, or if you'd rather call or text us, our number is 424-254-9141. Leave us a voicemail, send us a text. We'll love to read it or play it on the air. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app on your iPhone, please follow the Parastyle Podcast. Leave us a five-star rating and a review. We love that. It really does help grow the show and helps make this a bigger Peristyle Podcast family for all of you guys out there. So hope you can tell your Trojan family and friends about the Peristyle Podcast and listen to the show. We do it all year round, and we always have the coach on once a week, and he's on the line right now. Coach, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good. Out here in California, depending where you're listening, it's a beautiful day, a little bit warm. I had to get up and have an early workout, but... When I get my workout in, you know, uh, I'm guilty all day. I feel guilty all day, and but I got it in, and I'm ready to go. And, Ryan, we were at the uh, Coliseum, and we did see a, a game-like scrimmage, 12-minute quarters with officials, the whole package, and I can't wait to get going. Yeah, the 12-minute quarters, uh, you know, you had the officials there. I thought it was an interesting way, and I wanted to start with this for you. So we get an announcement in the press box that, it wasn't going to be like the ones versus the twos or anything like that. It was actual uh, a draft. So they drafted individual players. Todd Orlando was the head coach of one side and Graham Harrell was the head coach in the other. I forget which one was Cardinal gold. Sorry. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Obviously just arbitrary names, but they get to draft the players uh, that they want. And um, so I thought that was kind of cool in some aspects of it, but the other aspects were, the offensive line got broken up, and now you have kind of a piecemeal offensive line on both sides. What did you think overall of the uh, the drafting process and how they did the spring game that way? Well, it sounds interesting, and they try to make it more fun and uh, have two different teams and try to make it competitive. Uh, but I don't know if that's the best way to get better. I think a more uh, better way of doing it, and I'm not saying it's the only way of doing it, but one way I would have done it is given one team the first offensive line and the other team the first defensive line, or something like that, where they learn to play together. And the same with linebackers, vice versa, secondary, secondary, vice versa, backs the same way, quarterbacks, so that way it can still be an even game, uh, but you're allowing your players to uh, communicate with each other, play with each other, and so on. So, you know, drafting is, is a good way. I got sort of I uh, locked into that my first year at UNLV, and they used to have an alumni game. And, I, you know, I didn't want to break their tradition. 
and uh, the alumni would come out. They actually practiced during the spring practice, or no, not with us, but on their own, and they'd come out and play us, and we really didn't get anything out of that. It was more like a show and so on, and uh, one of these guys would say, you know, do do this, or we can only we can only run this defense, or whatever. It didn't really. It was it was a day I have to have. I mean, I can't miss a day of practice, so I've got to do it where we get better. And in this type of situation, I'm not sure if they got better. Uh, they were in a game like situation, but there's a lot of questions that I have on it. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, so one of the aspects was we did see a lot of sacks, and you know maybe it's okay to draft linebackers or defensive linemen. The offensive line seemed like a separate deal. Like maybe the offensive line should have been a single unit you could draft like the first team. But we did get an opportunity to see Andrew Voorhees play left tackle. Now, Casey Collier wasn't there. Um, he was normally been uh, the backup left tackle to uh, Cortland Ford. He's not there because his sister was the number one draft, uh, number one pick, overall pick in the WNBA draft. He went to a family event for her. And then once you leave, you're not allowed to come back. You have to be quarantined for a week. So he wasn't eligible to come in and play. So you got to see Andrew Voorhees out there. Um, I wasn't watching him specifically. Uh, our shotgun Spratling, I talked to him last night a little bit. He went back and tried to watch some of the offensive linemen. Thought Voorhees played really well out there. Who knows, Coach? Maybe this is an opportunity because we didn't really see the offensive line get mixed up like they said they were going to. This was a mix-up for sure, but it was because of a draft. I don't know. Maybe Andrew Voorhees is throwing his name into the hat as far as uh, playing out there at left tackle. I know you've said you'd like to see them just kind of bring in, you know, you know, establish and develop a new left tackle. But I don't know. What did you think of Voorhees playing out there? Well, first of all, it was an opportunity to do that because Collier wasn't there. So uh, you have two right tackles. You move him over uh, from the guard spot, and you you have a chance to watch him. I watched him too carefully. I thought he did pretty good on pass blocking for being his first day out there, and uh, I didn't watch him as much as on the run blocking. But uh, I watched him. I thought he did a pretty good job. That could possibly be the place for him. But let me go back to one thing and tell you, you mentioned it, Collier not being there, leaving. Uh, also, uh, Evans, the place kicker, wasn't there, too. He had something going on. Parker, Yeah, Parker Lewis had a – so Parker Lewis had a family thing as well. And then it, – but it was earlier in the week, and then – he came back, but he's got to be quarantined for a week, so he couldn't join the team this past week. Right. Well, you know, the, I don't think that's right for everybody. What if everybody had a family thing? I mean, uh, personally, you know, if there's a death in your family or something that's your mother or something that's really serious, but to celebrate what your sister did, congratulations to her. I think that's tremendous. And, uh, you know, a family thing. But to be quarantined and not be able to come back and practice and so on, Remember, I had a problem a, uh, a couple of years ago when Loris uh, was getting married and had a, had a wedding rehearsal, and they allowed in the mispractice for that. You know, I just, I'm not into that, okay? I'm into, hey, we have 15 days. We got to get better. We can't have any excuses and so on. So, you know, it forced uh, different people to do different things, and I, I wasn't into that at all. And another thing I noticed that I, and I don't know if this was overlooked or whatever, but the quarterbacks didn't wear different colored jerseys. So it made it very difficult, I think, for the defensive people and for the quarterbacks to know when to slide or not to slide. I think uh, uh, Hassan really hurt himself when he was going out of bounds. He didn't know if he was going to get hit or 
slide or what to do, and he, he hurt his leg. Uh, you know, I, I think those are things that you have to be able to think of because it's, you know, when the officials even, it's it's difficult for them to officiate when uh, you, you're not supposed to touch the quarterback, but yet uh, you have him in the, the same color jersey. So, you know, that's another thing I noticed that really was not upsetting me, but I was saying, what are you trying to prove here? You can't hit him, then then protect him. So those are a couple of things I wanted to bring up also. Yeah, that's uh, that was interesting. The you know not having the yellow jerseys there, uh, they you know, it seemed like they did protect the quarterbacks. When anyone got close, they would blow the play dead, and uh, it would be a sack. But you're right. Typically, you would see a different color jersey if that player cannot be tackled or touched. And uh, we didn't see that. They just, I guess, they're sort of like, hey, that's the quarterback. We know what's going on. But then if the quarterback's taken off and running. Yeah, I get it could be a little confusing for the defense or the officials. And also, I think the quarterbacks have got to toughen up a little bit, too. I think you've got to give them opportunities to run the football, not just blow it dead. They've got to be able to know when to slide, how to slide, where the first down marker is, how far to go. I mean, i got to get a first down on this, when to run out of bounds. Uh, all of these different things you've got to practice so that when the game comes, you're used to that. And I didn't see much of that going on either. So I really think it's important to, uh, and I keep saying this all the time, is uh, carry out your fakes, and we'll get into the pass blocking and all of that later. But these are all little things you have to point out. Uh, where were the down markers? How far did you have to go? How many yards were there? You had to get it when you scramble. So all of these little things you have to have on tape and they're learning situations for your entire team. So we, we're talking about the quarterbacks. Why don't we kind of evaluate the quarterback play, get your thoughts, Coach. So we saw, um, you know, Keaton Slovis and Jackson Dart were on one side with one of the walk-ons, and then uh, uh, Mo Hassan and Miller Moss were on the other side. Uh, you feel Mo, Mo Hassan did leave the game with, you know, with the knee injury. He was going to get an MRI uh, Saturday night. We haven't heard the results uh, of that, but hopefully he's okay. Um, that side of the ball – you know, they didn't have a, a Drake Drake London to throw to. They didn't have Michael Jackson to throw to. Um, they had definitely some issues protecting with the offensive line. And you feel bad for Miller Moss, who, after Mo Hassan goes down, when he had a, a nice drive, a drive and a half, uh, Miller Moss was sort of thrown to the wolves, and he didn't really have any anyone else to come in and spell him. And on the other side, they, you know, Silver, slow start for Slovis and uh, Jackson Dart, but then they got things going and, and scored some touchdowns. Uh, later on, but overall, you know, what were your take of uh, how the quarterbacks played? Well, I have mixed emotions. Uh, first of all, I don't think Keaton is playing up to uh, up to his level of what we expect, and a lot of it's because of the harassment as far as the rush and so on he's going through, and the combination of routes that are being thrown, and the amount of time he has to throw the route or throw the ball to read the secondary. Uh, I think now uh, he's starting to become a Sam Darnold where he's trying to make plays happen. He's running around trying to find somebody, which Sam Darnold did the same thing, and Sam Darnold was more of a physical type of kid and was able to <clears throat> make things happen and was a senior and and a junior and uh, played linebacker in high school, <clears throat> excuse me, so a different mentality and a different type of kid. He He was willing to be a tougher type of person. So I think you've let, you've got to let your quarterbacks uh, uh, get toughened up a little bit and get used to that. If they get hit, they're not going to die. Okay. And it's just part of learning 
uh, what's going on and giving him some help as far as the routes you call uh, to uh, become uh, uh, positive. You know, he threw for, what, 128 yards or whatever he threw for. I'm not sure. But 77 of those yards came on two plays. So, you know, you've got to look at that and evaluate uh, what his production was. But what I, one thing I think, Keaton, what, what he has, Kendon, excuse me, Keaton, what he no, has. You're, you're right, Keaton. You got it right, Keaton. All right, Keaton. Well, well, you know, don't be afraid to step in there and correct that, okay? No, yeah, I will. You you're, you're getting it right, Coach. Then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, one thing, you know, he has a lot of pressure on him. You know, he's had all that success as a freshman and freshman All-American and All-Pac-12 freshman. Then he came back last year and, you know, uh, had a had a good year, had some winning going on, and they made him a captain as a sophomore. I mean, that's, that's a lot of pressure to be a captain and lead the team and make things happen. And I think this year, again, they're pushing him for the Heisman, or at least they talk about it. He's a captain. And he's trying to make things happen. I think he's trying too hard. I like to see him relax and 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 make things happen. Give him a chance with running the football and a lot more play action pass and and uh, because they can't block the drop back pass, so you got to be able to establish other things that will make your quarterback successful. If you watch Mo play, Hassan, he carries out every single fake. And uh, as I say every week, if they let him run the football. He's not just helping the offense as far as spreading the defense. He's helping the defense because when the defense faces teams that run the football, like the kid from Arizona State and Oregon and these other places, you got to practice opening the field tackle. You got to practice that on the back side. You just can't all of a sudden do it or on the front side, the read, the run read, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, they don't do that and they're not teaching the complete series and holding the defenders, the defensive backs or the uh, defensive linebackers or answer, whoever has a responsibility for that play. So, you know, I, I think he needs some help. I thought Hassan, the first time, the first uh, quarter, I thought he was the best-looking quarterback out there, personally, okay, through a nice touchdown pass, through two touchdown passes, I think, and uh, ran the team well and so on. And that's because he's a senior and he has less pressure on him. But uh, I thought uh, Dart did a good job. I really did. I think he's a, a nice uh, uh, player, really a good player, and he's going to get better every day along with Miller Moss. He's going to get b- better every day. So, you know, it's just you can't expect those freshmen to be at the same level as guys that have played. So, you know, I think they need help as far as being successful. And uh, we'll talk about that in a moment, I guess. Yeah, well, good stuff on the quarterbacks, Coach. Um the guy's blocking him. We actually had a question from Nick. Maybe this will get us into it. He said, I got the sense that the Cardinal team performed better, and I can't help but think that having Justin Dietrich in at guard was one of the reasons why. Uh, what were all of your thoughts about the different offensive line combos we saw in the spring game? Thanks from Nick. Well, Nick, I think we commented briefly on it a moment ago. You know, this is a unit. You know, they have to learn to play together, make their calls together, understand each other, work together. And when you break up that unit completely, it's it's difficult. You have a different guy, you have a strong guy, you have a, uh, a second teamer or maybe even a third teamer playing next to you. And if one of them make a mistake, it destroys the whole offensive line's uh, techniques. So uh, it's a difficult thing to do. And uh, 
Uh, I don't think, uh, as I said earlier, you should break up the, the defensive line or the offensive line. You put them on different teams, whatever. And uh, you try to make it a, a real success story as far as both having a great scrimmage. The defensive line against the two's offenses. The two's getting challenged to find out who can play. And the offensive line finding out if you can't block the twos, then maybe you can't play. So I, I think it, it gives you more of a, a competitive uh, feeling of playing next to someone you're going to be playing next to. And uh, I don't like mixing up the offensive line, especially the defensive line, maybe, maybe not. But why? Why not let them learn to play together and have that pride that they are trying to build as far as carrying it onto the football field, especially in the fall? What did you think of the uh, the running back situation, Coach? I really liked what I saw from Keontae Ingram, the transfer from Texas. Uh, Stephen Carr maybe had his best practice of the spring. He had some some moments there too. Um, what did you think of uh, the running backs? They did do some two running back sets and stuff. Something that you were calling for. Now maybe that's just because they didn't have as many bodies on at wide receiver, so they were using more two tight ends and two uh, running backs. But give us your thoughts on the running back situation, Coach. Well, you know, uh, I don't think they're short on running backs. I like the running backs. I, I really do. Uh, I thought Ingram uh, did a great job. He. Yeah, he has a different type. He's a he's an outstanding runner. Got great moves once he gets outside and he fights a hole. He's not a a pounder type of back like Malapai or Carr can be, but he's the type of back that can really break it and has great hands and can when he gets in the open field, he's a difficult guy to catch. Okay, or 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 tackle. Let me put it to you that way. And I think that showed in Saturday's uh, scrimmage. We haven't got to the secondary yet. And uh, I think that a guy that's a combination type of guy that can hit the hole and also has pretty good moves outside or uh, can find a hole is this Campbell kid. This freshman kid really impresses me. He's not intimidated. He's not afraid to play. He's a tough kid. So I like him. And, uh, you know, Malapi is Mr. Money Man. I call him Money Man, okay? When you want to cash a check, who do you, who do you go to? Malapi, especially down in the goal line or short yardages, but I think you got to use him a little bit more as far as two, because I think he's the type of back that people uh, like they used to you, you do uh, lightning and thunder. I'm telling you, uh, the secondary gets used to tackling a linebacker as a power guy, and then when the quick guy comes, like Reggie Bush used to come, uh, it, their tackling was completely different. Because if they tried to settle down and get in a good tackle position, he was gone. So I think they have those type of uh, players. Uh, I like their backs. I think Carr had a good scrimmage. I, I liked. I thought that their problem is not running backs. Okay, I don't know if they have a burner. I don't know how fast the fastest running back is. I don't know if they have one of those guys. Oh, see you later. See you later. I don't care what the angle is, but they have some that are good as far as an open field, as far as making it difficult for the defense to tackle them. Yeah, I would say, you know, we didn't see Keaton Kristen out there who was apparently doing track. He would be, the, you know, the the burner type of a guy. But, you know, I've talked about this on our Tunnel Vision show, Coach. Him not being out there for track or whatever reason, it's not, you know, it's not great for him. There's a lot of fans that wanted to see more of Kristen come in there and play. But you got, you mentioned two new guys that are making a name for themselves here while Kristen's not there. So it's sort of like, out of sight, out of mind. If, if, you know, these two guys are really impressive, 
he could drop Kristen even further on the depth chart. I agree with you. It's not helping him at all. And, uh, you know, he's on a football scholarship, but obviously when they recruited him, they said he could run track. So, you know, I don't know if people remember the O.J. Simpson year and Earl McCullough years. They practiced football all week, and then they ran track on Saturday, okay? Uh, And they still won. So uh, I'm not saying that that's the way it is today, but they obviously made a commitment to him that he could do that. So that's what he's doing, and uh, I'm surprised. Uh, uh, He must be looking at maybe his futures in track and field rather than football. But those are decisions that he has to make. But, you know, uh, the only reason I'd let that happen is I, if I committed to that in recruiting. That's that's the only way. Yeah. Um, you know, breaking news, uh, Drake London's a stud. <laughs> so, yeah, we all know that. What did you think of uh, the wide receiver play overall, Coach? Well, I tell you, Brew McCoy's a player. Boy, I tell you, when he's on the field, and if you have Drake Jackson or London on the field at the same time, I said, whoo! I'm going to tell you, he can play, and he's starting to, for the amount of practice and practice he's had and turns he's had, he's got great hands. He's got great size. I'm not sure about his speed. Uh, I think he's probably in, you know, I don't want to insult anyone. I think he's probably a 4 5, five but because I haven't seen him run a 40 or seen him try to run away from anybody. But he's a great slant receiver, great corner receiver can go up and catch a football, I really like him, okay? And I don't have to tell you anything more about London. I mean, he's going to be a superstar. He's a great receiver because he's big. He's got great hands. He's going to be a real great target. But he's going to see a lot of double double coverage. So, again, you, you know, he caught a couple of passes in, in double coverage, and he got it done. But uh, I like him. And, well, everybody likes him, okay? Uh, the NFL will look at him as how – fast he is okay how fast is he can he can he run the streak route and and so on so uh, i liked him the thing that surprised me the most i think was nixon as far as the amount of times he got on the the field the kid from colorado didn't catch one pass the entire game a transfer kid that came in and i told you way back when he transferred if you're going to take a kid that's a senior you better get him to contribute and all he did all day was catch uh, punts and kickoffs Fair catch them all, so I didn't. He didn't even have to shower. Okay, so uh, he didn't really get many turns at anything. Uh, Brian, you know, he's your burner. He's your speed guy, and he pulled a hamstring or whatever. So you didn't really get see him out there. Uh, Michael Jackson, the third from uh, Las Vegas Desert Pines. Uh, he certainly he's one of the surprise players in the spring. He really is. He, he just I didn't know he had such good hands, and he, he's mature, very mature. He steps right in there and plays. And I tell you, there's a difference of playing high school football and college football. There's a difference, and I think he's done a great job. I'm trying to think who I might have forgot there. Uh, uh, who else did, did I forget? Someone. Uh, so you talk. You talk about Michael Jackson, right? The third. Um, yeah. So yeah, we. Oh did... yeah, John Jackson, eighty. Yeah, I, I like he had a him. Couple catches. I like him. I do. I like him. I think he, you know, he's, he's a football player. I really like him. He's a good football player. Now, as far as what are you going to call the tight ends? Are the receivers or blockers? I don't know. I just call him a guy that's an H-back. That's a blocker. Okay? Just in a different type of position. 
I don't know. I'd move him up and play him on tight end because why would you allow these guys, Craig Jackson and these guys or whoever it is, to take a run when you're a yard off the line of scrimmage? I'd get up there and stop him right on the line of scrimmage and, and block or place him. I teach, teach somebody. I put a tackle there or somebody. You're not going to throw the ball. So put somebody there that can block or do something because I'm not, I'm not sure. I know Follow had one pass thrown to him but I'm not sure if the tight end had any other passes thrown to him. There was Ryan, a Lake, have, Lake McCree sighting. He caught a pass or two, I think. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I don't know what they plan on doing with their tight ends. Uh, you know, I can't get into talking too much about formations and so on, but I would like to have seen more goal line situations as far as, uh, you know, actually saying, okay, at halftime, when we come back, we're going to each team's going to run ten goal line plays. I mean, uh, where that other line uh, means more than all the others. This, this is the line, and you know, you're getting your double tight or whatever their philosophy is going to be, and uh, you know, an eye power, whatever, under center, not under center, whatever you do, and, and pound it in there. Work on your goal line situation. I think your defense needs it too. And the offense needs it. You know, a couple of plays that maybe are a series of things that you won't really see during a scrimmage because you don't get in that situation. So, but you still have to practice it to be able to get better at it. So I think that's something. I'd like to see Griffin, the punter, become more consistent. His first punt was 42 yards, I think, and then he had a 50-yarder. Uh, when he becomes more consistent, he is going to be uh, a fabulous kicker. Yeah, it was hard to judge special team stuff because there was all fair catches and everything like you you mentioned. But um, yeah, I thought it was, you know, overall, there was some slow stuff with the offense at first. They got a little things going, at least on one side of the ball. You feel bad for the you know, Mohassan side. They just weren't able to uh, get anything going after he went down. But um, yeah, overall, pretty good. Well, why don't we take a quick break and we'll talk about the defense when we come back. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. All right, we're back here on the Parastyle Podcast. Coach, uh, we talked about the offensive side of the ball a lot. Bunch of guys on the defensive line. Why don't we start with the defensive line um, to see, you know, defensive end Tuli Tui Pelotu. I thought he, uh, I thought he played uh, pretty well. You got guys like uh, defensive, you know, lineman Jay Toya uh, made a name for himself. Dijon Benton, uh, you know, number seventy nine out there. Like the way he played, of course, you know, 
Drake Jackson was was Drake Jackson. But what do you think uh, overall defensive line? Well, I think they play hard, and I like the way their uh, defensive line coach coaches them. It's no nonsense. They're close. Uh, he's going to judge them in these type of situations. They play hard for him. Uh, he's a no-nonsense type of guy, which uh, you have to be as far as coaching the defensive line. Uh, Orgeron was more vocal than he is, but he's uh, he wants production. He doesn't want you to talk about it. And I think those three people you mentioned, I didn't know. I didn't think you noticed that Benton was getting around the football pretty good. I mean, he was a guy that's a little bit unknown as far as to our audience and to football people, but I thought he has really played well the last couple of weeks. He flew around pretty good and did a good job. I think uh, uh, Drake Jackson, uh, I think he's a good football player, but he could be a great football player. I mean, better than what he is. I know everybody was excited. The media was excited. He made three plays in a row or so, and I like to see him make every play in the row. I'd like to see him say, we can't go that way. We got to double team him on every play. We got to run the other way, and I might even put him to the wide side of the field so the short side of the field is nothing but defensive people anyway. And let him go. Just let him go. You know, when you can go and you know there's nothing coming back, no jet series, no counter series, no quarterback keep or run or anything, but then you don't have any rules on the backside. I saw him check, kept his shoulders squared, and so on. He went down the line of scrimmage. Actually, pretty hard, faster than what what he would be able to do if he was playing a a team that uh, that or a scrimmage where the quarterback would come back and run the ball because there would be nobody there, nobody there. But I like to see the pressure he puts on people. I like to see him play 100% all the time. Don't take any plays off. Uh, I think uh, the NFL people look at that. Who takes a play off? When the play's away, are you taking the play off? You can't take a playoff. And I know the defensive line coach is going to be screaming and yelling at that too. You don't take plays off. If you become tired, come out of the game. I'll put somebody in for you. But if you're out there, you're going to play hard. And I think that's what he's getting out of these guys is playing hard. But again, as I said earlier in the conversation regarding the offense, the offense has got to help the defense as far as it's able to contain. Because you saw the quarterback come out many times and run where they lost contain on the quarterback as far as in the passing game. And you can't lose contain because you're going to have, uh, you're going to have big plays on big downs when it's third and eight or third and six, and you lose contain, and then the quarterback's going to run and get that first down. You can't do that. You've got to have your guys rush to the outside. Yes, you can make an inside move occasionally, but not when you lose contain because you've got to push everything back the guys coming up the middle. So, uh, you know, I just look at those little type of things that really are going to make a difference. Coach, uh, yeah, I'd love to watch uh, Vic Soto coach. Uh, it's been great to see him. I think he's an awesome addition to the staff, and he's getting a lot out of this young defensive line. What about the uh, linebacker play? Anything stand out for you there? Well, you know, I think they're, they're, they're flying around. I think they're doing a good job. This uh, one kid got an interception. Uh, I forget his name. Spencer, Stewart, is it? Spencer Gilbert, yeah. Yeah, Gilbert got a, got an interception, and I forget who threw it to him. I think it was – was it uh, – That was Dart. I believe Jackson – I think it was Jackson yeah. Dart. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Dorian Hewitt picked off Keaton Slovis. I believe it was Chris Steele picked off Miller Moss, and then 
Spencer Gilbert picked off Jackson Dart. If, if I, maybe I mixed those up, but I believe that's what it was. Well, whatever it was, he didn't have to do much to get that interception. The quarterback threw him the ball. He must have thought he was a receiver. That was a poor decision on the part of the quarterback. Again, if you got a bad problem, throw the ball out of bounds or try to get a yard or two out of it or whatever. But, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that, congratulations to him as far as the turnovers. The defense had, what, four or five turnovers. You got to have turnovers. But again, some of those were handed to him, okay? Uh, so, you know, uh, I think that's really important. And, uh, I think, uh, uh, the linebackers, it's hard to, it's hard to watch it all. You know what I mean? It's hard to watch it all. And they're all down there flying around. So I really can't tell you more about the linebackers. You know, I, I felt the same way coach or I was like, ah, you know, what, what were they really doing? And, but Clay Helton afterwards was like praising the linebacker play. And I was like, ah, maybe I missed some of the great linebacker play. Um, but yeah, it was a little harder to watch that. You know, and you know, missing some guys out there like Jordan Isefa and Solomon Tuiolapupu and stuff. But you know, guys I noticed was in the secondary. Uh, so maybe switch to that and see uh, what you thought of the, the DBs. Well, I thought they really covered well. I really did. I think they did a great job. The passes that were completed for touchdowns, or some of the passes, uh, London had a great pass. It wasn't a touchdown, but hey, hey they were on them. It wasn't like they've been. They broke down. I mean, if you remember in the past, guys would be running wide open. You say, oh, my gosh, who has that guy? Complete breakdown. You didn't see any of that Saturday. And then a lot of reasons why they had a lot of sacks was because nobody was open and there's nobody was there for him to dump the ball off and the timing wasn't there. So I thought the secondary did a good job. Now, where the secondary has to improve is I didn't think their tackling was very good at all. The yards after the catch uh, – were were horrendous. Uh, open field tackling, I didn't think was real good. Uh, it poor. But again, the only way you get better at that is, is scrimmage and do it. And I think if the coach was listening to me, he's already screamed and yelled at him and showing him the film anyway already on that. Got to settle up. You, you know, you're going to give up a completion occasionally. And when you do, you can't have him give up any more yards. You got to just make the tackles. And uh, a lot of these guys weren't in position to make the tackle after the catch. So I thought the secondary did a good job. I, I really think they did a good job. And, you know, there's a lot of starters that aren't out there. But I think a, young, a lot of these young guys like this Joshua Jackson, I'm telling you, I think he's going to – I don't know who's going to beat him out, but I thought he did a, had a great job. And Steele's much better. He had one pass interference, but I think he's he got better – body control and he's not feeling as much as where where's the receiver he's always used to feel him feel him feel him he's got to be in the right position to know what's going on so I think he had a good scrimmage and uh you know the other guys uh the nickelback uh yeah I think uh I, I think did. he had a good I yeah, did pull he, him out yeah 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 I like him and I like him coming on the blitz I like he's a tough guy okay I like tough guys and uh, he's a tough guy. He loves the game of football. Not that the other guys aren't tough, but he he stands out as that type of player for me, and I like that. Yeah, I like I the think. way he played. I mean, the, the USC's offense. I, I saw this in practice too. I was there on Tuesday, coach. When they have a blitzer like the nickel guy coming, you know, he's covering the slot near the line of scrimmage, and when he blitzes, the the offense didn't seem to have much of an answer for that, you know. 
No, no, they're in trouble. They're yeah. in trouble because because he's looking forward to this. He doesn't get to do that much. He likes to do that, and you got to have guys that like to do that. And you know, you got to be able to uh, notice that. And I don't think they audibleize at all. So I don't know if they could get out of any of that stuff or or if they're just uh, just scrimmaging along. I, I don't know if they have a script or not. Uh, in practice a lot, we used to have scripts. So we would know, they would know what play we're going to run. And, and uh, it was easier to watch film, too, because we knew what play was coming next. And the defense knew what to look for. And we had certain coverages put on certain uh, uh, deep plays we were going to run so we could coach better and, and be able to teach better. But I don't know if they do that. I'm sure they do. Yeah. Um, so looking back on the scrimmage, we kind of went through all the position groups, just kind of checking out what do, you know what you saw there. Anything sort of stand out to you? Anything else you want to to add from uh, what you saw in the spring game? Well, I think they have to get their running game going. I I think they're trying, they're attempting it, uh, but they've got to continue working at it in a different way. They've got to be able to, uh, uh, you know, help it. They got to help it with. The, maybe they're doing it on purpose. I don't know, but they're not doing anything to hold the backside. They have no counteraction whatsoever, counter sweep or or jet or the slot back coming around or or anything. They don't have that. I haven't seen them throw really a screen pass the entire. Spring. I mean, if you're going to be a passing football team, you got to be a great screening football team. I mean, a great one. You got to be a great screening. You got to be a great draw team. Now they ran a draw. They got six yards, one play, and they never came back with it again. So if you're having a lot of pass rush, you got to hold the damn defensive line. You got you got to say, wait, hold up a minute, man. When I'm going this way, you're going that way. So remember, when you're coming up the line of scrimmage, you're coming hard. It's very hard to dip your shoulder, get back into the play. So you've got to be able to do plays, run plays to slow down the rush. You got to do that. You got to have screens. You got to make the defense run. You got to have draws. You got to have play action pass. And you know, I don't know if they've really developed a series on the running game. I mean, they did a lot of you know powers and a blast and so on with the H back doing a lot of blocking and but no bootleg action whatsoever as far as bootleg run or coming back the other way to hold the backside and uh, not much not much pistol not much pistol at all which is something that's really good or even I or something different so uh, you know you got to be a running team today uh, we've talked about it all the time and I think they worked on it, but they've got to continue having a, a good philosophy on what they're trying to attain and do. Yeah, and then sometimes you you know you're not really sure if you're really are you trying to you know help the defense, you're trying to help the offense. It's uh, yeah, we didn't see a, a lot of that stuff, and you know some of it might just be because the offensive lines were all mixed and matched and everything. So some of it was very it's a little different, but you know for the most part, I I just came away just positive, coach. I like the fact that. It was more of a game. I thought they could have done that the last few years. This, you know, it was, you know, maybe the draft thing's a little weird, but the competitiveness, I like doing that than just like running a practice and putting on the Pac-12 network. Oh, I like it. I, I liked it. Oh, yeah, that's uh, 100% better than what they did before. I mean, I agree with you 100%. And, uh, uh, 
you know, they mixed up the teams, but at least they had a game-like situation. So, uh, you know, the Cardinal, they got the steaks, and the uh, gold got the hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you at least remember, I didn't even remember which team, like, uh, won there. What, one last thing, Coach, unless you have anything else, but um, Shotgun mentioned this on our Tunnel Vision show on Sunday night. It's also a neat opportunity because, you know, Todd Orlando's name has come up before for a head coaching job. Graham Harrell's name has come up. He's interviewed for head coaching jobs. You're not the head coach of a team, but you kind of play like one. Um, any, can you gain some experience? Is it good to, for like the development of your staff to split it up that way and let, you know, some of the other assistants call the plays and all that, you know, kind of change everyone roles, everyone's role a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah, you do that. Um, I like my coordinators, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> calling the game, but yeah, you do change it. You give somebody an opportunity to have a little experience of doing that. You sometimes find out that the other guy doing it is not as easy as what he thought it was. And uh, you got to be really good at being a coordinator, knowing the timing and the rhythm and what's going on and be a play ahead of everybody. and. And uh, when we hit the red zone, you ask the head coach, uh, do I have the extra down or not? Be on top of everything. And uh, it's, 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 it's okay. I mean, it's okay. Uh, and uh, they did it. and It worked for them, I'm sure. So, you know, I, I can't be that critical on that. All right, coach. Well, good stuff. Um, it was fun to be out there and check out the, the game. It was fun to see some fans in the stands. Uh, it just felt a little more normal, you know. It just it felt like we we're getting close. It sure did, buddy. <clears throat> and I think the fans had a good time. Uh, I know I had a good time. I thought they did the press box uh, first class, is the way they spread us around. And uh, I thought that was first class, and uh, it was a beautiful day. And uh, there wasn't any traffic <laughs> when you have five thousand people in the Coliseum. There isn't any traffic, okay? Yeah. And uh, they had a uh, soccer game going on, but there was no problem with that. So it was a great day. Great day. Yeah. All right, Coach. Well, hey, good stuff. It was uh, fun to uh, be able to be out there with you. We look forward to the next two weeks of spring football practice and head into the long off season. But uh, good stuff. That is the coach, Harvey Hyde. I am Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. 
Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.